Okay, we did it. We're here. We're here. Hi, we're live. We're on Facebook Live again because we're trying it out again. Champ got a new computer. I got a new computer, so we'll see what this fancy thing can do. <laughs> Probably not what I needed to. Probably exactly what every other computer does. Yeah, no, exactly. Internet. It goes, it goes fast. <laughs> it goes so fast. Me. <laughs> Me computer goes so fast. Mimi computer fast. Mimi computer fast. Okay, so hi. Welcome to Talk Comics to Me. It's I'm, not Wednesday. It's not Wednesday. It's Thursday. I'm Champ Champenstein. I'm thirsty. <laughs> um, I'm Heather. <laughs> and we're here to talk about comic books. This week has, or the last like several weeks, past six months... Year, year, two, three years. Yeah, have been just like garbage, and <laughs> the world has definitely decided to like explode and do what it needs to do. So we're not mad at it. No, can't be. We can't it's... be, and it's a hundred percent necessary. And with me just finishing Transmetropolitan, I feel like it's just like a hundred percent in line with what needs to be happening currently. Uh, so yeah, I think both of the books that we were going to talk about first kind of fall in line with, I guess, not necessarily what's happening, but shares the same kind of sentiment. Yeah, shares the same sentiment. So I don't know. We hope you're all doing well. That's all, you know. Okay. So I have this cute little trait. I said cute. It's, <laughs> it is cute in a way, I guess. Um, it's called We'll Soon Be Home Again. And it is about six kids who survived the Holocaust. It's six different stories, and each of the kids tell their own stories. Um, they're all, like, wildly different. Like, they all grew up in different situations, but they all obviously, like, end the same. Mm -hmm. um, it's, uh, it's, it's very hard to read. Um, I have a very difficult time reading books about the Holocaust, but I do it anyway because I'm a masochist, and I love making myself cry, apparently. <laughs> um, so yeah. Plus it's important. No, it's very, very important. Um, so I read this book over the course of like six hours and I cried maybe like 12 times. It's, right. yeah, it's just, it's very, very good. Um, but yeah, one of the girls in here was even in the same concentration camp at the same time as like Anne Frank. Uh, didn't know her or anything, but they both ended up getting... It wasn't typhoid. Yeah, I was say it wasn't cholera, was it? No, it started with a T. Oh my God, I'm so sorry. I was just so distracted um, while reading this. But anyway, this book is really good. But I think it's really important to read um, because of everything that is, you know, happening in the world and how history does like to repeat itself. Apparently, because we never learn. Yeah, we absolutely so. don't. Learn. <laughs> um, so I definitely uh, suggest this. It's a, a Swedish book. <laughs> oh, all the kids, when they uh, were liberated from the concentration camps, they all ended up in Sweden at okay. like different times because that's where the hospitals and stuff were. So that's where they either met their family if they had survived or that's how they lived until they were able to like go somewhere else. So. Okay. Yeah, it's, uh, it's very hard to read. <laughs> <laughs> wow. It <Okay>. is. <laughs> Uh, I have Far Sector. This is issue number six. This book is very, 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 very good. Um, it's by N.K. Jemison. 
and Jamal Campbell and Thard and the story itself are both really, really brilliant. Uh, I really like how this issue starts because it does have this kind of like ridiculous like soap opera type like synopsis of what had been going on in the previous issues. So it's uh it's pretty great. It reminds me of like pulp films. Yeah. From, like the seventies. Yeah. That's I mean, super cool. I mean at least that. Otherwise the book itself is insanely sci fi and not necessarily like that at all. But the art is incredible though. Yeah, no the art is outstanding. That's one of the, the parts of this book that really, really really sells it for me. It's just because it's so beautiful to look at, especially with all of the like sci fi escapes. But um Anyway, what's happening is the city enduring um, emotion is illegal and they're kept artificially suppressed through the use of a, a thing called the emotion exploit and the council has been controlling everybody with this kind of emotional exploit, including themselves, and they are controlling people to a point where they've been like riots and there's an epidemic of people like having emotions and like having those emotional murders so a lot of the riots and the people who are trying to protest are protesting because they want to feel these emotions they don't want to feel suppressed anymore and this is something that's been happening on this in this on this planet in this city for years and years and years the council's been controlling them people have had riots and tried to protest and then they've basically killed all of those people and then started all over with everything kind of making people forget that these things had happened in the past so that's kind of like what's happening in this book at this point so she joe the green lantern in this story has been trying to get the council to do the right thing and not kill these people or like basically put them back into this place where they won't remember what these emotions feel like and one of the counselors who does take um what is i can't remember the name of the drug but it's a name of it's a maybe it's shut off or something like that he takes this drug where he does like feel emotions and so everything she has said to him within the city council meeting supposedly hits home for him and he's deciding to resign and this is like a very large like a very big deal so that's that's far sector so i think you might have just answered it but maybe not as in depth as i wanted um <laughs> well i'm just uh, how exactly does green lantern like come into play like the superhero aspect of green lantern well she's just like because the murder happened there they sent her there okay there's also a lot of like her backstory because in this they also touch on the fact that she was probably a cop on earth and maybe like made some large mistakes okay and that also plays into like her power like green lantern power and i don't know this this book is really interesting honestly i probably should should have gone back and read the first five issues before rereading this but it was one of those things where it's just like fuck it i just want to read it <laughs> so yeah I, I did the wrong thing no you did the right thing but this yeah this book is really great on on all it's just fires on all cylinders 16 horsepower yeah whatever 120 <laughs> I, just, I don't know what any of that means i'm just like how are they going to compare it to a horse uh but yeah no i really do think this book is worth it especially you know 
it is very relevant. And and Katie Jemison, I've never read any of uh, her other books, but she does do a lot of things where she, I guess she does try to put a lot of like real life stuff within like her stories. Can you off the even top though of your they're head? like sci-fi and right, they're just like different aspects mm-hmm. of it. Um, off the top of your head, can you think of what else she's written? I believe they're at the back of this book. Mm. Uh, so there's a book. Oh my god, she is so pretty. Yeah, she's gorgeous, right? What the fuck? You should see the artist. He is also very, very pretty. Um, I've never heard of any of those. but Yeah, but yeah, uh, okay. a book called The Fifth Season, The Obelisk Gate, and then The Stone Sky. I believe they're all part of a series of books. Yeah, The Broken Earth Trilogy. Yeah. You know I fucking love fantasy. Yeah. So, yeah, totally worth it. And went on a little bit of a tangent there. That's okay. That gives me something to read now. <laughs> I learned something new. We all learned something new. So yeah, check out her books. Maybe I should also check out like some of her other yeah. books since I also you know like sci-fi and fantasy. I'm probably just honestly gonna go home and buy them. Like when I get home, <laughs> I'll find her publisher's website and buy them from there because that's what I've been doing. Instead of like I know buying from Amazon is way cheaper, but you can get coupons for the actual publishers' websites. Because that's my main, the main reason why I always shopped on Amazon was because books were way cheaper mm-hmm. there because I have Prime through family. But I've been doing the thing where I find who the publisher is, go find it, and then if you also like sign up, sometimes you get free shipping and shit. So I've been saving a lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <clears throat> we cheat. We learn. Yeah, I find ways around it to save myself money because I'm poor. Yeah, I mean, I get and it. And if, <laughs> if I spend more than like... $20 on a book with shipping, I feel guilty, even though I enjoy it later. I'm just like, there's got to oh, be Oh, yeah, no. Way. I mean, I just went to look for a book that I wanted to buy, um, Memory Police, like Warren Ellis had like, suggested a few like uh, newsletters ago. And a few I, orbitals ago. <laughs> a few, few orbitals ago, uh, which always make my day. Uh, They're great. Anyway, I went to go buy that book, and I was just like, it was like $15 digitally. I was like, $15? I know. Like, I'm not going to pay $15 to own a book. Like, not really. Like, it's just on this electronic. <laughs> no. Like, it's on this electronic device. If I'm going to own a book, it better be, like, especially $15. It better be in my fucking hand. better be hardcover. You better <laughs> take that dust sleeve off and it's got a cool design on yeah, it. Yeah, like, like, I, I'll probably end up spending the money and, like buying the physical copy of that book but jesus christ 15 dollars. i know that's insane that's why i can't like most digital things that's why i got that like unlimited digital book account it's like ten dollars a month and i get unlimited access to the world's worst books <laughs> in the entire world <laughs> and you know what i read them just to read them uh yeah i just fifteen dollars i that's mind-boggling but, yeah and i i suppose that's the reason i also can't like collect comics digitally either because i'm just like if i'm gonna pay four dollars i'm want to i'm gonna hold that bitch mm-hmm. <laughs> like, that's why i always end up getting the first trades of like oh yeah image books and then i can never get anything after that because i'm like well this was 9.99 everything's all, uh, it's like 16.99 why am i gonna spend more on these it's the same amount of books <laughs> i'm cheap guys uh we're both cheap let's see yeah that was a good cheap person right yeah <laughs> yeah Okay, so we're just going to keep talking about comics that we spent money on. (laughs) Um, So this is The Last God. This is that source book that I've been so excited about for months now. Yeah, both of us. And honestly, both of us are idiots because we just thought this was going to be, like, information about The Last God. Just like a glossary. That's (laughs) it. Like, in my head, I was just like, yeah, they're going to make a whole glossary, and it's... (laughs) 
But guess what, folks? This is actually a D&D source book, so it's 5e <laughs> compatible, and it's just got... I believe it's there's a little story in here, right? Yeah. For The Last God. Yep. And you just, you know, you get to D&D The Last God, and the art is great. It's so good. I don't know if you can see this very well. I'm trying to do my best. Sorry, I can't... But it's it looks great. I I mean, considering how excited we were for this anyway, I didn't think I could be more excited until I opened it. Yeah, and no, then I, I was think, like, oh! Yeah, I think that excitement alone was because I was just like, oh, I thought it was just going to be a dictionary, which yeah, was totally fine. <laughs> I was totally cool with that, too. I was like, cool, I'm just going to like open this and be like, oh, this is the index. Okay. <laughs> Stupid. But it's even better. God. Yeah, no, because I, yeah, we opened, I was like, oh my god, did you see yes. this? I think we're the only people that were like, yeah, that's, this. that's not what it is, even though it says source book on it. Yeah, I don't even, I feel like I didn't, it had to have said in the solicits what it actually I don't, was. I don't feel like it did, because I feel like we would have known. Yeah. I, I don't <laughs> know. Anyway, this is great. Yeah. We're, we're excited for We're it. excited, <laughs> so maybe someday we'll do a Last God uh D D campaign but yeah if you like last god or if you're reading it that is a book where you can just run a, a fucking campaign run off your of own it cute little campaign <laughs> <laughs> okay so um oh wait you <laughs> i was like wait what's happening it's still me um it's me <laughs> so i have um okay let's do this Critical Role, Vox Machina Origins, series number two. This is the final issue, issue number six, and this uh, concludes Grog's whole possession healing. I don't know what else to consider it. Um, they got the, the nightmare and the heart of the harpy, I believe is what it was. I can't, I don't know why I'm I, looking I really at you. I can't remember. <laughs> anyway, they got the things that they needed. They took it back to the weird old warlock hanging out in his library. Some, sometimes I do remember, but it's been a long time since we've talked about yeah, this. Yeah, I had to like go back and be like, what, what happened in the last issue? But yeah, they get all the things that they need. The warlock casts the spell. Um, Grog is freed. And then that leads up to some number of episodes in what they did. Um, and Percy is now a part of the group because of this so this is i guess more or less how percy became a part of the group which by the way his name um percival frederickstein von musel klasowski de Mm -hmm. rollo the third so he's (laughs) officially now a part of the group which i was very excited about uh still just absolutely love this the art is fantastic vax is still my favorite character i don't think anything can change that now (laughs) um but yeah apparently there's going to be more it says uh, it will be continued in Origin series number three. So I'm excited to see who the next, next? Origin is. Yeah. All right. Well, fun. I next have Finger Guns. It's number two. And <laughs> if you remember in the first issue, this has been a while. Uh, the people, the kids can shoot. They find out they can shoot people and change their emotions. The young man can change. I guess I should remember their goddamn names. I remember her name. It's Sadie. But boy's name, can't remember off the top of my head, so we're just going to skip it like we usually do. Call him Sudi. <laughs> um, Sudi. Yeah, Sadie and Sudi. Sadie and Sudi. So he usually can tra- change people to be angry, and she usually can change them to be calm. 
So it's a symbiotic relationship. Yeah, kind of. And then they're just trying to figure out, like, what they can do with these powers and, like, what emotions they control. Sadie decides to print off, like, a sign language chart and to see if they can, like, do things via sign language, and that doesn't seem to be the case. You also get just kind of a, a more de- in-depth look into, like, Sadie's home life and what that's like for her. Wes. Wes. Did you see that? Hell yeah. yeah. Just, I don't know how I saw that. It's just yeah. right <laughs> His name's Wes, Wes. Not Saudi. So yeah, it's it's really interesting. I like how like both of these kids are their home lives are just kind of shitty and they just, you know, kind of came together and were able to find each other and they're just trying to figure this stuff out and try to figure out like how to be kids. Like he's showing her music that he used to listen to with his <laughs> Is that supposed to be a, a generic Green Day American Idiot cover? I, I, I'm sure there is. it is something that I'm supposed to know, but I don't. That's immediately what I thought of. I, I did not think of that. I figured it looked like some sort of, like, I don't know, probably, like, 90s emotional thing. Probably should look it that. up. Uh, but talking about listening to records and how, like, his mom had passed away and, like, her records were put in a different place and all of these sorts of things. So... You know, just also real life's sad shit. <laughs> it's always fucking real. It's okay. I hate I hate real life. I'm gonna have to spend twenty dollars on this book that I want <laughs> so I can get lost for a day. Okay. So then next we have Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Every generation. This is a I think just a one shot. Yeah. Um, our coworker had said, "Is this like an annual?" And I I was like, I guess in a way that it is. Yeah, I can see that. So this tells the story of three different slayers by three different writers and three different artists. So, I don't know, the first story follows Buffy while she's in the... That is Buffy, right? Yeah. Yeah. Buffy while she's in the Hellmouth, and this is after all of the events of the Hellmouth are happening that this, this particular story happens. I don't know how, if this, like, connects in any way, shape, or form to yeah. mainline I was story very... Buffy. Because it was like, I really liked the aspects of it they put into there. But mm-hmm. then I was just like, well, am I not going to be able to see this in main Buffy? Because I'm a little upset. Yeah, I was, I'm very confused by it. Because I wasn't sure if it was, like, before or after. If it was, like, during. If this was, like, when Buffy was in the Hellmouth. Like, or it's just, just, like, an alternative right. idea of something that could happen. Right, I thought it was strange. Oh, sorry, we're a little crooked. I'm going to fix us. <laughs> oh, Lord. Oh, Lordy. Okay, there we go. And then the second story is about a slayer named Tabby, and she's from the Philippines. This one was my favorite. Was it? Yeah. You should talk about it. Um, I just, I really like the art for it, to be mm-hmm. honest. I like the mythology and stuff with the, um, the Helot. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure how to pronounce it. I'm not sure if I'm yeah. pronouncing it right, but... It's, I actually meant to, like, look up Philippines, like, mythology mm-hmm. and stuff and see if, like, I could find more about this character because I didn't know about this thing at all. Yeah, no. Um, I. But I do really like it. I, I love the art. Um, I just like the way, it, it kind of reminds <clears throat> me of, like, Miyazaki and the way that it looks short of, like, you know, full-on Miyazaki shit. Yeah. So there's, I don't know how, I can't see the screen, but there it is. There's some. It's just, it's really almost cute while being like vicious at the same time, mm-hmm. which I just, I thought was really interesting. And I did also really like 
the last story, um, mainly just the last page, to be completely honest, because that is so cool. Yeah, no, and then, yeah, the third story is about, um, what's her name on the front page? <laughs> Don't ask me. Una. And she is in Dublin in 1947, and she is going to try to rescue a friend from a psych ward called the Sisters of Angelus. Mm -hmm. And basically she finds out there are a bunch of vampire nuns and she decides to take out a bunch of vampire nuns. Yeah, it's a... I I really like this one, too. The art in that one was also really, really, really good. And the colors were really great, just, like, especially once in the church. That transition. Yeah. And you can see, like, what kind of story it's supposed to be. Like, it's like, oh, okay, this this is what's happening. Yeah. Religion is bad. Yeah. (laughs) And I think you're also supposed to see, like, the impact that, like, Angel had made in his past as well. Right. Which I I thought that was funny. Mm Mm-hmm. (laughs) <laughs> I we do not like Angel here, but it's <sighs> it's totally fine. I've been rewatching Buffy, and I just get so mad every time he comes on the screen. Like unreasonably, there's no reason I should hate a fictional character as much as oh, I hate I Angel. And I mean, his like his relationship with Buffy was you know more loving and respectable than like her and Spike's relationship. Oh yeah, because Angel never tried to fucking rape her. Yeah, and, but then I'm still always just like Spike over Angel. Every day, and I <laughs> am I so brain? conflicted by yeah, it. It's like, it's, how do I have this disconnect? I don't know. How do I have this disconnect? I'm, I know what a good person is, and I know Spike's not a good person, no. but I still just prefer him over pretty much anyone else. So I don't know what that says about me. Maybe I need to see a therapist. <laughs> you and me both. Yeah. We'll figure it out. <laughs> or not. Whatever. <laughs> Whatever. I know who I am. Okay, so next um, I have, I was like, what is this I was like, are you okay? Did you It's been a really long, long emotional week, and we both have tomorrow off, so I'm like, I'm getting in like the fucking robot power down mode right now. Anyway, this is Reaver. Um, This is issue number eight. It's part two of five in the little series called The Grim After, which takes place after the events of the first story arc it doesn't say how long afterwards um but basically in the first story arc this group of prisoners was put together to find this weapon called i just had it in my head and i just forgot it they were trying to find a weapon pretty much that was used by the enemy shit happens a bunch of them die a couple of them get out they end up meeting up in here where um Essen Brecker is trying he's the berserk guy he's trying to not kill anymore he's, he doesn't want to do it because he's been doing it for so long he takes no joy in it it's just something that happens to him and the other character Mm-mm-mm. I'm telling you we were so not prepared this week yeah it's we just so bad yeah um but anyway uh she's a a skin eater um she was you get a little or of her origin here like how she became this and stuff and how it's not a thing that you choose it's something that's forced upon you okay so it kind of goes they have a lot to in common in this that they talk about about how you know like some things in life you don't really have a choice with you just have to accept it and like learn to live with it mm-hmm. and, shit. and it's i really like this story i did not i know we 
talk shit on the first issue because it was like very wordy way too explaining and stuff but honestly everything after that has been really good yeah i know yeah you have really enjoyed this series yeah so i'm glad to see that it did like do the pickup after the first issue oh yeah and that's why i'm always like hard on myself for getting not past the first issue but sometimes i'm just like i don't I mean, on, I can understand why you didn't, though, because I almost didn't either, but I was like, I'm just going to give it one more just in case, and I'm glad that I did. But again, it's like, it's not for everyone. Like, yeah. I don't, I honestly don't even know if you would enjoy this story. I just like, there's a lot of it that I do enjoy, and mainly there was one character that I really fucking loved, which is weird because he wasn't even the bad character. Yeah. He was like the best guy there. He was just super honorable, and he gets killed in the last issue of the, the first story arc, and I was so mad. Uh so mad i do remember because he goes out and i mean he does go out of course in a very honorable way he's like oh kill me use me use my blood it's like all right dude but why did you have to die (laughs) but i do really like all the other characters too so like continuing on and reading everything that's been happening in this latest story arc has not been an issue for me okay um because i still i still just really enjoy it and i i i like how despite the fact that these two are like brutal brutal killers they're also just very sweet people yeah and they don't want to do it but they have to patrick is asking if the weapon is called reaver you know i don't even know what to do with you man (laughs) every week it's something new you come in here and you just destroy everything oh but no it's called um god i almost had it again You talk about November. I'm. It's mentioned in here, so I'm just gonna like take a little look. See. All right. So Rakala is her name. <laughs> Sorry, you're good. So I have November. I, I had to go back and read issue or issue the first one because the second one came out, and I read the first one like a long, long time ago. I don't even remember when that was. Uh, so this is a, a crime mystery book. It's about three different girls or women during uh, a night in the city where shit just like happens the main character i guess they're all main characters did you figure it out i did go ahead the anvil i kept thinking in my head i was seeing a weight and i was like (laughs) i know what it's called okay (laughs) so this story november follows three different women on one night during just like the worst night in this city so the first character miss d she is part of this weird crime thing where she's solving puzzles and talking over radio um the second character is emma rose or m and she finds a gun in a puddle in a alleyway and she calls 911 and as she's calling them asking for the police to be sent or like a non-emergency line she is abducted by what appears to be policemen and then the third character this is the one character i don't she is a uh 911 operator i don't even remember I just want to say, 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 Patrick, uh, thanks for coming in every week and chatting. Yeah, it's nice. Yeah, it's very, you keep it lively. Well, regardless, the uh, third character is a 911 operator who 
gets the call from the woman in the alleyway and she kind of overhears what's been happening and she has another like this police officer 12-6 who is just being a straight up dickhead to her and at the end of the call she hears like what has happened and what's transpired and so she's just like oh what do I do next so that is what happens in this issue this first part of the book the second part of the book delves into the backstory on Emma or yeah Emma Rose and she it's kind of interesting i really liked this beginning part and the story throughout this and how it kind of fell through but she is flying a kite with all of her friends and she's trying to get it as high as possible so she ends up tying all of the strings of all of the kites together to make it go as high as it possibly can including like taking off her like shoestrings but like that memory is playing through while she is in the I call foul. Those are shoelaces right there. <laughs> in the uh, back of this car that she's been kidnapped in and she's trying to escape from. So as she's in the back of this car, she ends up going to this place and she meets up with Ms. D. And then the third character, our police operator, is trying to get to like the bottom of everything at the same time. Is she doing her own like internal investigation because she doesn't know like who to go to? I, I feel like that's kind of the case. And she knows what's happening i don't know if i'm supposed to know what's happening but uh i really really love these books the colors are really great there's lots of blues it seems to like kind of fall in line with like the so do the nine panels oh dang so, I got really yeah excited. oh I yeah like, nine panels yeah there is it's actually like 12 12 panel grids on most of the pages but they kind of follow the color scheme of the front of the book so like this one's like a lot of blues and oranges and mm -hmm. yellows and then this one's a lot of like like kind of darker browns and blues so i no that's really cool yeah i really enjoy this book and i think it's really interesting and it does hit into that like the art is really like I don't even know how to describe the art like it hits me sometimes and it misses me sometimes but in an overall flow of like how the book is supposed to look and feel it seems right and feels right I also like the like fence pages between mm -hmm. like a lot of the stories and stuff yeah no, I, <clears throat> I really like this the art for it um which that also I don't want to rip that I'm sorry you're good um when I was reading that Lost Carnival book and I was confused about the color scheme, I figured out what it meant, by the way. I said I would come back here this week and say it. Okay. So the colors are different, like when he's outside of the carnival and then when he's in. That's how you know. It's not past or present or anything. Okay. It's just, just in the carnival, carnival and outside. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Well, that's cool too. Yeah, yeah. no, I honestly, I had completely forgotten about it. And Derek the other day was like, did you figure it out? And I was like, what are you talking about? He's like, the color scheme. I was like, I have no idea what you're talking about, dude. And he's like, okay, so you didn't figure it out. I'll tell you. And I was like, damn. I would I would have never even guessed that. <laughs> he was like, he was trying to tell me it was obvious. And I was like, well, then why didn't I figure it out? And that's like one of my favorite parts about comics and like that little, I think a part of comics that's like insanely overlooked is just like how much like colors play into like stories and how much like those things mean even if it you're seemingly not noticing it it's like you know like when i was reading year zero mm -hmm. and not until like i knew, noticed the color changes but i didn't like it didn't sink in right and that's like i don't know that's one of my favorite parts of like comic books as a media is like that ability to like 
not only drawing you in with the story, but with the art surrounding mm-hmm. it. Yeah. 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 To give it a certain feel. Because that's how Isola was, too. Or is. Yeah. Like, the different colors and stuff, like, evoke different feelings, which I love. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So then, lastly, we have Red Mother. Yes. I got the cool cover because Heather likes me. Yeah, I picked that one out. <laughs> that was me. I gave myself just the regular old boring cover. So I couldn't remember really what had happened, but then I did have a remembrance of in the last first part of the story arc, she is going back to where her fiance died. Mm-hmm. Okay, so this is where that starts off. Or it, where not where he dies, where he, where he disappears. disappears. Yeah. Uh, so this is where this issue starts off is she is at this place and she sees the red mother and this big shadow creature mm-hmm. which I can't figure which out which I think is the, the the father I was gonna say red father I just thought it was her boyfriend but then because I couldn't figure out if he was trying to harm her I just like how she just like punches the shit out of an old lady yeah um I absolutely the, love that because then I'm just like was that old lady actually saying that or was that something that she just like was like imagining in her head and then so she she just like punched an old lady in the face on the street and just like ran away yeah and that's why all these people are like trying to yeah they're they're just like like, what the fuck why would you just harm this old lady (laughs) you knocked her glasses off man but yeah it's uh that and then making big life changes that don't involve her boyfriend yeah because they don't think that he's ever gonna be found there's a memorial and there's future plans yeah i think yeah this is gonna i'm very interested especially to see like where it goes from like this point Mm -hmm. because this is like really kind of the determining factor of like how this book will continue Mm -hmm. um and i'm unfortunately one of those people that even if the story ends up sucking i'm just i have to stay on because i love danny lucart i love his art so much so even if it does get bad i probably won't even read it i'll just flip through and Ooh and ah. I don't I don't think it'll get bad, but I just really think like I don't know, that first story arc put the pieces in play. Like you know who your characters are. Right. You know what like their intentions seemingly are. But now what? But now what? Yeah. Like and once she gets to London and starts working for this man, like how does that play into everything that's happened to her? Right. Because obviously, you know, it's all for some reason. And where did her boyfriend go? Uh, yeah, and where did her boyfriend go? <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, no, I'm, I'm very interested. I hope that it does keep me interested because I know a few other Jeremy Hahn books. Not, I don't think that he's a bad writer at all. Mm-hmm. It's just sometimes he starts out really strong and then I just don't... It doesn't go where I think it's going to go. And so I get upset and I'm just like, I don't want to read this anymore. Um, <laughs> it's one of my few flaws. <laughs> Uh, and then that's all we have to say about comic books. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, we, I don't know. We want to say that if you are some form of racist or Nazi piece of shit, we want you to stop hanging out with us. Yeah, there, I have no room for you in my life. <laughs> and I have enough friends. <laughs> we only have like, you know, 20 visitors every once in a while, but... You know, we very strongly believe Black Lives Matter. I think that we've made it very clear that we don't like cops um, and that police should be abolished and that there are other ways to go about, you know, policing, if you will. Handling (laughs) civilians. So we just want to make that extremely, extremely clear and, you know, 
not so many words. Yes. Because um, we didn't think it out. No. Um, also, just pay attention to the stuff that's happening around you. Help if you can. Yeah. Help it's, in any way possible. Yeah. It's not hard to be a good person, even though for some reason it is. <laughs> yeah. To, it's I, insanely I, I don't understand that. Like, oh, I give money to charities. Okay. Well, then fucking help these people. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, give your money if you can. You know, if you can speak out, speak out. Use whatever sort of, you know, performance. Don't perform. <laughs> we don't need performative no. activism in our no. lives either. But use whatever soapbox, so to speak, that you have and make sure you're speaking out against racism and things that people are saying that are shitty and make sure those people know that they're wrong mm -hmm. and that they shouldn't be saying these things. I don't think that's anything we need to preach to people but i think it's something that needs to be said it's weird that we do have to say that <laughs> like hey just be a good person don't don't judge other people based off of how they are born yeah and you know that's wild I, i'm sorry that's wild to me i will just never understand yeah. that and there's so many actions you can do um if you can't go to protest if you don't feel like you have that ability if you've been quarantined if you've been working any of these things you can sign petitions you can make posters you can make sure you keep an eye on police scanners if your friends are out there protesting there's just so many options for you out there and we hope you take those especially right now we hope you just take everything in without overwhelming yourself and just do the right thing do what you can without exhausting yourself yeah and don't get hurt yeah please. <laughs> we i i have been continually been told this to not get hurt because i just yesterday while we were at the shop we saw a man with like a giant flag and a white pride shirt walking down the street and i was ready to just murder him I guess I don't know what I was gonna do but it was one of those things where I was just filled with so much anger that I sorry I just thought of our tag team name champ and the Jew and <laughs> Jesus I'm, I'm I know you're Jewish <laughs> I just thought it'd be funny if we just like started tag teaming fucking anti-semites and just beating him with Dave's beat stick, beat stick <laughs> that he keeps by the door just for us just for us yes. to, to beat Nazis yes but that is, you know, why these people are out doing these things is to provoke and put you in places where you have the potential to be hurt. So, yeah, I guess, like, don't get hurt. Use your voice and be smart. Yeah, be smart. <laughs> about your choices. Yeah. And if you need any sort of information, hit either of our lines because I think either of us have plenty of resources for any sort of things if you're like going out to protest you need links of oh, yeah. charities to donate to gofundmes regardless we get we got you we yeah, can we help you covered we can help uh so anyway that's it so thanks for listening thanks to for listening mom and dad <laughs> yeah we did it um we love you go buy comics if you can support your local comic book shops anything S support your friends who are struggling yeah always always all right that's all thank you bye